Welcome back to another exciting edition of Love is the Author. I'm being sarcastic. Can you tell? (laughs) No, I just mean we're kind of tired or whatever. We're dropped in. That's how the spiritual people would say tired. I'm feeling very dropped in. (laughs) Uh, I'm Jamie Carpenter. With me is Lacey Dillmore. Hello. There you are. Lacey, what, what's your deal with projecting your voice? What is it about how it's one of these things that you have to be asked about? Like, why do you think that you keep your voice small at times? Generally speaking, I think it's a confidence issue. It's what I feel when I hear myself back yeah, and I'm not projecting and... Especially on something like this, I know like this is uncomfortable for me, but like if I'm running a group, I have no difficulty projecting because I've done that so many times and I get really, I get full of passion when I'm running a group and I feel really confident about what I'm doing in that space. But in a space like this, like especially this like hearing myself back thing, Uh performancey. Yeah. Like I struggle with like anytime I'm asked for my picture to be taken or like somebody's videoing me for social media, like all that just makes me really uncomfortable. It's like being on like the idea of all of a sudden you're on. It's bullshit kind of, but like this isn't, but I know that I struggle with projection in this space, but you know, it's like I've noticed I notice in groups, like in our meditation group, people have a lot of difficulty projecting. Yeah. And it's like a selling yourself short thing. Right. It's like my, what I have to say, it doesn't matter. And I really relate to that. I'm hesitant to like other things that we potentially will talk about today. Like I'm hesitant to strengthen any of like my neuroses or like what I see as psychological defects i i just because of like what i'm trying to study right now i'm i'm just nervous about going like well that's my low confidence and that's you mean labeling and solidifying yeah because i'm i've been so quick to do that for 30 how 20 years whatever um but what, anyway what's generally the epicenter speaking, of this though is this like let's say going back to childhood um you were quiet, sweet little Lacey while older brother was sort of pushing the boundaries and getting a lot of flack. Well, I was shy. I was the introvert. You know, it was never like one th- singular thing. It was something compared to something else, which is just like the nature of our existence on or I don't know if nature is the word, but like that's what we've constructed. Mm-hmm. Um, is a, is a comparing, we just tend to compare uh-huh. and it, it's du- dualism. So anyway, it, like it, it, it was shy or introvert and those are not the celebrated attributes, at least relative to their, their opposites. All right. So what's the, what's the thing that, that makes being on comfortable? What have you found? Like, what? what is it about this? Is it because it's like there's an expectation for you to be in this role, to speak into the mic, to speak clearly? You step into that because you know that's your designated role for the moment. Whereas, how does that differ from getting your picture taken? Well, as we're going on, it, it's less uncomfortable. Like, this is okay. Like, I think it's initially, it's probably the space that I'm in tonight in today which is like hormonal and just like emotionally confused nice nice segue (laughs) emotionally confused is good um like what other way emotionally confused is like one of those yeah i was gonna say it's like one of those things where it's like the same yeah same word what is that a catch 20 no no it's a uh where you're saying the same thing it's redundant redundant um so Taking a picture definitely just has to do with my physical appearance. I hate anything that has to do with my physical appearance. Whoa, 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 whoa. You, uh, hey, is that, I is, dislike. you want to put that on the world? I, I was going to correct myself. Okay. You got there quicker than I did. But um, 
No, I all of these things I'm growing increasingly more comfortable with. And I think my age is helping. I think my practice is helping. Um, let's let's do each one of those real quick. So touching into age, why age? What do you think happens? Is it the thing that we, we've been talking about where for a long time I, I, I've been pointing out that the youth aspect of the people, the most of the people that we work with is working against them for mindfulness practices, for sort of... Uh, yeah, it's just what I've seen and it's what elders have told me oprah was always a big like every from her 40s to her 60s like every decade she would say was her favorite um like 40s were her favorite then she got in the 50s and she's like 50s are my favorite just for the people at home who don't know who oprah is can you tell me i'm just kidding she was always like (laughs) such a big person when i first stepped on the spiritual path but anyway and what did you say recently you just said the other uh, minutes ago you want me to out my secret dream that yes, helps please. me go to sleep at night yes i wish i was on i i have this dream of you and i being on super soul sunday because mm-hmm. of anyway yeah um well we are going to eat tomorrow in montecito so we're getting really close <laughs> mariel hemingway and her partner were on one time and i just was like i want to do that Anyway, uh, with Jamie, um, so that's a, so that's age, and then the other thing was what, your practice, how it's contributing to you being okay in behind the camera or in front of the camera. Um, I mean, it's like I don't know. That could be broken down into so many different things. I just I don't take what I've taken so seriously, so seriously. I know what I'm growing to know what matters more than what doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I'm still interested in being beautiful. I'm still interested in looking good. And I'm okay with that as long as it doesn't take over my life or hurt me. And Get it has, in the way of you enjoying the moment. Yeah. I imagine. Yeah. And it has, it has in the past. I also like, I mean, over time, I mean, I hate to say it, but over time, it's like, I know a lot of be- beautiful people and their lives are, or I'll like see somebody really beautiful and the universe conspires for me to get close to that person. And I see that that doesn't really matter. Yeah. They're miserable or they're wanting what I have or something like that. And so, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, those things help. Um, yeah. I think the practice mostly keeps me awake to those kinds of lessons, you know, right. like being there for those lessons and 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 catching them when the universe is offering them. Beautiful. So you mentioned hormones, and let's get into this for a minute because I don't think that the the premenstrual situation P- pms <laughs> um is talked about enough from a spiritual point of view and we've touched into it in the past about it being i don't know if we have about the 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 notion of the possibility of this period of time being one where uh females are purging the collective have we talked about this on air i, I think know. we have Maybe. and and that part you know, that part I think is known to some extent in some community. I'm not really sure what community or where I got that from other than, I mean, obviously my own experience, you know, I experience like especially the dream state. I have really, really wild, wild dreams when I'm PMSing and there's science behind it. I was actually looking it up earlier today, but I was really looking for more of a spiritual take on that. But there's a lot of science behind dreams getting, I don't know, crazier when I think that was the word used in a lot of articles when you're premenstrual. Um, but mine they just include people I don't know. I've never seen before. There's Uh often a very futuristic 
overtone to them. They're typically not pleasant. And sometimes it just doesn't feel like my stuff. I, I don't know where this is coming from. So and, that's part And this of, differs from your normal bad yeah. dreams. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which are very kind of basic bitch, like, like this is my insecurity, so here it is in the dream. Yeah, they're, they're pretty easy to see where they're coming from. I mean... I mean, considering the 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 depth in which dreams offer, I'm not. I don't want to minimize that there's more right. meaning. But for the most part, yeah. When I'm not in pre a premenstrual cycle, I my dreams they're just not as intense. Period. Like, yeah. No pun intended. Um, but so the collective thing, I feel like shows up in my dreams and like. I just feel a heaviness, like an emotional heaviness that doesn't feel like my own. Mm -hmm. um, and I have to stay really mindful of that because I can think that it's my own and react to it, like, to it like it's my own. And whether this is something I've just made up to have it le be less hurtful for myself and the people around me, so be it. But it's felt really, it feels intuitive and then... I mean, indigenous cultures, and I think it's when you're on your period, not when you're premenstrual, but I'll have to double check. So, my when the moon cycle would start, when the bleeding would start, that's when women would go to the red tent? Yeah, they're just, yeah, and there's, well, maybe, but at the very least, they're just treated as sacred. Right. They're, they're taken care of. Within indigenous communities, yes. North America specifically, yes. the, at least that we know of. There's a respect. There's a respect for this period of time. Yeah. Women bond together. It's seen as a highly creative time. Is that right? And And sort of being there for each other and purging the collective. Yeah, well, um, I guess purging. I don't know purging. if the collective okay. again. Right. I don't remember. It could have come from Carson Wynn for all I like our friend for all mm -hmm. I know. But like, but that's why <clears throat> if you do sweat lodge or even if you do plant ceremony, you're not supposed to be men. You're instructed not to be menstruating because it's basically seen as a purification. Like you don't need to you're do already in ceremony. Yeah, you don't need to do right purification ceremony if you're already purifying which i think right. is like it's a really really good reframe for me to remember super respectful it feels like of just you know the process and it's empowering i think women to see it as that especially as, women who are like yeah. go 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 and take care of everything and i have to do everything and be everybody for everybody and not like which men is don't implied have that experience it's but. implied societally yeah. All those things that you just said. Or, and not so implied. Maybe it's like directly like, yeah. this is the thing, you know. It's not so subtle. Yeah, and it's your body preparing to have a child. So, I mean, I don't know why it wouldn't be. And then you and then you don't have one. Right. So, it's like, I don't know. It's a fascinating thing. But when, there... when you're out of the zone, uh, when you're clearly out of the zone of being able to have a child. So, the child correlative thing is really... There's something to that. What do you mean? I just... Nothing. No, 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 no. <laughs> I just mean... Yeah, you were talking about then you don't have a period. And I was going, yeah, and that's at a point where you can't have children anymore. So I mean, Oh, no, I was saying, and then you, you, oh. your body prepares itself to have a baby, and then you don't have a baby, so you have oh, your menstrual cycle. Oh, gotcha, thank you. Like, it's thank preparing you. to have a baby, and then you, over and over and over again, you don't have a baby right. until you have a baby if you do. Yeah. And then your period stops while you're pregnant. And, um, but yeah, I mean, eventually stops when you can't have, actually can't have a baby. But I'm just like, it's so fascinating that there's... It's preparing to do this larger than life thing or this life thing, and right, then it doesn't right. do that. Right. So what? Uh, what's the work that you're doing around it that you can share that might be helpful? Because I think that, you know, your perspective as I'm watching it and as we've spent a good amount of time dissecting this and working with it, and you're at a point right now where I feel like you have the most... Um, ability to separate yourself from it to be able to take a look in while it's occurring and that's an accomplishment in itself if i may be so bold what can you say about it that you're finding well 
I'll first start with my own experience of in the last, I don't know, five or six years. For some reason, my premenstrual experience has been difficult. Um, I feel in your like 30s, it's sounding like. Yeah, and I feel like maybe, I mean, certainly being in a relationship. I mean, I was in a relationship before, but I kind of barely was in it. Um, like being in a intimate relationship, I think can highlight, can highlight it. And, uh, I think on some level it like coincided with this, this spiritual awakening for lack of a better or proper term that I've been experiencing in my thirties, like really just a push to, wake up and see the world differently and see myself differently. And, um, so, so anyway, so it's been difficult and by difficult, I mean, it's just, it gets me very confused. I've gotten very confused when I'm in that time. I get get very confused again about like, what's my own. Um, I get confused about, Oh right! Like, what are what what are these passions of mine that are longstanding that transcend this monthly experience of intensity? Like, which ones are are like the, what, yeah, yeah? What stories are mine? Which emotions are mine? I get angry. I get really irritable, and some of them I think they are mine, and some of them I think is the suppression of women for years and years and years and this is our opportunity to go like get the fuck away from me like I'm you kind of do get like I need space like I need to be I need to experience whatever this thing is but when you're up against people it's not really fair Mm -hmm. to those people because it's it's just a it's an upheaval upheaval of some sorts or the purification and you're, you don't know where to put it. I mean, this isn't a, a culture. I mean, the culture I was raised in is not one that that told me what to do with it. Like, yeah. Or to honor it or to see it as something beautiful is always just it's, like this shame, shameful thing. It's like the wife getting in the way of the football game. Exactly. <laughs> and I feel like that. And I feel like that a lot. It's like, honey, do you- like, and it it doesn't help, but it can really add to ideas about who I am that are not, you know, they don't serve me well over time. So, so it, anyway, I've just noted it's been difficult. <clears throat> can I say something really quick about that? Uh-huh. Just real quick. What you said about like, which, what's my stuff and what's not and all that, what I've seen, what I've witnessed my experience has been watching you go through it is that the some the the sort of uh genius of this process is that it uses things that you're already passionate about and channels this intensity through things that are specifically meaningful to you so that at a time where it can be pointed out like, Hey, this may, this is a little intense the way that you're coming about this. It's sort of like, no, my feelings aren't intense. These things that mean something to me aren't intense. And, and it hides in that, but it, I'm not saying that those things aren't things that should be talked about or worked with or explored, but the side of it that is uh, border borders on aggressive is not you isn't is not something that i see the rest of the month yeah and maybe it's not maybe it's it's uh, there it it does feel like it has this thing that goes like i'm done being quiet like i'm done being suppressed i'm done being like told to be quiet or not to be intense or not to be full of passion because men can get angry all they fucking want or (laughs) be obsessed with their passion all they could be in their fucking music studio all day long like Mm -hmm. i don't know whatever it's just like it seems and right now i go well because i'm 
currently PMSing? I go, is like, well, is it advocating for itself right now? Or, hmm. you know, this feels very, I mean, just from an audience perspective, the audience of one at the moment, it feels very like genuine and, and uh, centered. Thanks. And it'll be interesting if what people say, if they do say anything, because this is just like my personal experience. Like I don't, I think it's a topic when women get together and talk about that can turn into like a men bashing thing. And I'm just like not into that. Um, Like they just don't get it. They just need to know to leave us alone when it's happening. Like I don't, that's not how I want to talk about it. Why is that? I mean, and I respect I the shit know. out of that, but why, no, why do you not want to to do that thing? Because I'm really careful about, I'm increasingly, and it's a really important part of my life right now, is I am do not like to talk about people when they're not around. Mm. I just don't. I just don't think it's helpful. It's I think practice. that we're all in a really, a lot of us are in a really bad habit about it, and I can fall into that. And And I don't. I don't like putting down a group of people mm-hmm. as like a really important group of people. You're saying you're not going to get to this. You're not going to get to the solution uh, going about the same tactics that created the problem, which was men having an idea and writing off women. And so the response to that writing off men is not yeah. going to get the job done. It's yeah. just polarizing. Yeah. And maybe I haven't, and maybe I haven't, spoken to enough women about it or you know this has really been like a a personal experience for me the last couple years and I I'm always careful about like making claims about it as if it's the experience for everybody else and so it'll be interesting the feedback um it's really cool that you're doing this I think that this is this is fascinating to me and we're living it and just talking about it and recounting it sort of I'm able to momentarily step out of myself and see that I feel like this is going to be beneficial. I, I haven't heard a talk like this already, you know, and Thanks, honey. yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it could be like, it could be so personal that it's like, I'm having these, Oh, like, um, uh, my, one of my best friends, she said, Oh, Lacey, you're having a going out of business sale which is like your body's moving towards an age where it can't have a baby anymore. So everything is ramping up like your hormones and everything's like, dude, make a decision. And so like, it could be that. And Uh it could be the fact that I'm likely going to choose not to have a child, although I'm still very open to it, but, but I'm very open. (laughs) I'm just very open to my mind changing. Right. having nothing to do with it other than that organically happening. I'm always super open to my mind changing about something. Um, but, but I, I feel like I'm pretty sure I'm not going to have one. And mostly because I can't imagine bringing a kid into the world right now. Cause I'm scared of <laughs> what, what's going on. But, um, and so if you're listening to this and you're pregnant, this is just Lacey's experience. She's not saying be afraid. Yeah. Oh, look, I just did the thing. A disclaimer. Yeah, I just did a disclaimer. Yeah, well, I take I the disclaimer it's... back. Be very afraid. <laughs> no, <laughs> I get worried about disclaimers, and I will be disclaiming all day long. Right, but, right. And but we're trying just, to model. But, but that not. is, but that is yeah. why I keep saying this could be my own experience, right. and it really does feel very personal sometimes. And I've had women talk about having really difficult PMS, and I have other friends who don't have difficult PMS, but they have really difficult period, like bleeding cycles like and i don't i barely bleed and not like if nothing happens do you feel like it's the same ratio of women that uh orgasm vaginally or need uh oral sex 80 percent of women do not orgasm vaginally right if anybody needs to look that up and correct me but it's about 80 percent okay why do we keep it? <laughs> like, I promise that's the thing and I didn't make it up. No, of course. I just feel like no, men, I was saying, men does go it like, co- are you sure? Oh, no, I'm not in this moment. We've talked about it enough. No, I think uh, I don't think they're correlated. I don't yeah. think they're correlated. I just, you know, I've been like, we've been tracking this. Like, we've been tracking this hormonal experience. And, okay, so I think that you asked me. I went back and was just explaining my experience of it being difficult for the last couple of years and what it's 
the difficulties it's presented to me mm-hmm. primarily I don't feel like myself. There's times where I get so sad and I'm don't you, if you ask me what I'm sad about, I'll be like I have no fucking idea, but I'm so sad that I'm like <sighs> You mean right now? No, no, no. No. Oh. No, sometimes when I'm PMSing, oh, yeah. I get so 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 sad. Yeah. And there's some anger in there too, I think, um, and like pessimism. And that's when it feels like the collective because I can't point to anything about why I'm so sad. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't get suicidal, but I understand how somebody might want to end their life. Yeah. Um so I'm sure we're gonna have to put like a hotline now that we said that too, but um um Touching into how a human being could become so destitute emotionally and spiritually enough to end their life and touching into that for a moment and walking in their shoes should not need a hotline. That is just compassion. Right. And it's saying this is a living thing. Right. It's compassion is a living thing. It's you can only experience compassion by living through these feelings and exploring that for a moment. I just have to say that's great. Thank you. Should not deserve a hotline. Um, you know, it's like when you had your experience a couple months ago where you just like got kind of like fell out of your, your own self and you couldn't find a way back, you know, you were like, yeah, for that day. Yeah. And, um, and you couldn't, all the, all the teachings, all the things couldn't get you home. And that's what it feels like. Yeah. And I think that it's, then what has to happen in those moments is to surrender to it. Mm-hmm. I think it's like what Jim Carrey said. It's like depression is deep rest from being who you are. And I think that that's, I hope what I try to do in those moments is just like surrender and like be sad and be in it. But I, but there's part of me that wants to fight it and like do something about it. So it's been a difficult experience. And then I, th- what was your question? What, what, what I've been doing with it. Yeah. I mean, what the, this is this, all of this has been what you've been doing with it. So like we've been saying lately, like everything, all solutions kind of come down to being mindful. Yeah. And, um, that's, that's what I'm trying to do. Is just, increased awareness during these times. Do you think that you have to... I'm trying to have... I'm trying... Yeah, uh, increased awareness always. Or maybe just maintained, like because it can be obscured um, hormonally, like chemically in the body. It can just... There can be a natural gravitation toward impulsivity. Right. Right. So I guess it's more preventative, like always preventative. So like maintaining a a practice of mindfulness and awareness outside of the premenstrual time, trying to bring that in. But also, I mean, certainly being receptive to your feedback, which has been difficult. And... um. You know, mostly I think because, again, it's like I'm the problem. Like, mm-hmm. okay, That's I'm the, the one feels. going through all this bullshit. Right. right. And I'm the problem. Right. Like, I'm like, fuck, you know? Yeah. But not that you've ever said that but right. that's how it can hear it sometimes yeah. and it wants to defend and and sometimes i'm like it should like the way women have been treated for so long is already at the forefront of your mind and you're trying not to harden yourself against humanity or for putting you in that position while right while empowering yourself and so right. when it when when these hormones come then you feel the the strength of that and it's like now you're being asked to to restrain yourself more or censor yourself at a time where women should be heard more. Yeah. I'm like, where's the purge supposed to go? <laughs> like, where's the purification supposed to go? And so it's like, what do I do during those times? Like, it's like, I don't drink hard alcohol. Mm. At least I'm trying not to drink hard alcohol when I'm premenstrual. Yeah. 
um, and not tr- tr- try not to drink a lot of alcohol in general because of the, the mood instability that it can present. Right. Or working with some plant medicine preventatively or maybe even during it in, in, a, in a small dose or creativity you know but then it's like but when you're in it there's an exhaust like for me i get really tired Uh in premenstrual like i could sleep forever and not when i'm on my period it's like totally before and so like it's like you're in a depression you look like you know the things to get out of the depression but you're not motivated to do them yeah so it's like trying to do art like exercise that's probably the best thing Uh is like exercise because that's a purge and that's like me getting rid of some Expending energy. Yeah. And uh-huh. I guess it is an excess of energy sometimes. Right. Like, no, last night. <laughs> <laughs> last night. There weren't there weren't any of these problems that we have commonly. I did this have a was, kombucha beard. No, but two. yeah, you <laughs> no, but you were like a teenager. That was fun. I know. And it was you found a way to work with the energy and I commented on it and, yeah. and complimented you for uh not having it be sort of like uh pushing to get me to understand something it was like you were just walking around the house like sort of uh dry humping the couch and like like doing all this like using this energy and getting in my face and like like a kid like it was it was on a good david byrne documentary (laughs) music documentary and i'm dancing around the house and i'm fine and and i know those things for me like i've I've gotten familiar with what makes me feel authentic and loose and um so so yeah i guess it's just like finding ways to like purge effectively and like really just being kind to myself yeah i just have to be nice to myself and apologize like like it goes so far and i'm the last person that wants you to apologize for bullshit i just don't want you to i don't need like i'm not an apology machine no you're not no you're totally not you're totally not it just it, it 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 creates a gap that's yeah. just all it does yeah. That's mainly what I want is like in those moments, it's just a gap to be created of recognition and then let's work with the energy. I mean, this is like really, these are really all the things that I am trying to be engaged with in every other area of my life. It's like pause. Yeah. It's just like more pause, more slowing down, being nicer to myself, mindful, mindfulness, meditate, like all the th- exercise, like at just having all these things as regular practice. And they, over time, they're really regular practice for me. And I, I don't really fall off for the most part of being consistent with things. But if I do, it's like, it's hard to exercise when you're premenstrual because of the tiredness. But so I can, ex- you know, forgive myself if I don't. Yeah. So it's just like every I'm I mean it's I'm tackling it the way I'm trying to tackle everything else. Right. In my life I guess hey, it just needs a little extra. Can you talk about because I think probably people can more closely relate to your meditation practice than mine. And just mine has been cuz yours has been longer. Consistent. It's just been it's just consistent. And so I thought that you would probably agree with that, that it's just like by a clock I'm meditating and I make sure that I do it and I carve out the time and, and it's that important to me. Well, I don't know if that has to do with the meditation practice that I don't think that's a all I'm saying difference in practice. Like recently it wasn't something that you fought necessarily for and you were finding other ways of cultivating mindfulness and it wasn't always from a sitting and lately you've really built it into this sitting thing you fought for it and i think that most people have that experience where it's something they do for a bit they step away then there's a hard kind of it's difficult to find a bridge back that's something that you've more recently cultivated and strengthened in a sitting practice and and making sure that that's a daily thing wouldn't you say yeah the difference is because like it isn't about the practice that's different it's about my relationship with myself that differs from you i have a really difficult time waking up in the morning and going like the dog can wait for a walk 
like that's very difficult for me. Mm. I kind of have this mind where I want to like get the things. I really like that time of the day, mm. like this, the or the time where I sit. I like it, and I've added a few extra things to that experience, which is like reading and maybe writing a little bit, and that's like really sacred time for me and my mind tends to do this thing that's uh, for better or for worse probably for worse but it tends to do this thing where it goes like I want to get the dog walk out of the way and I want to get the exercise out of the way or if I have a session early I want to get that out of the way and then that's my time for myself and I get really confused about that a lot because a the dog I can turn the dog walk into an experience that is partially meditative and not resist it and get away with that or I need to practice making myself first and having those things come second and I really don't know what is right Mm -hmm. because on one hand you're being a bodhisattva for the dog kind of or like I just I like getting in the sunlight in the morning with her. Like, I don't really know. And I'm like, do I need to have it be the same every day? Can I wake up sometimes? And I mean, for the most part, the meditation, it typically happens before 11 o'clock. So that's something that I have down. But it's not necessarily the thing that happens first thing in the morning. And I could see where there's benefit in that, you know, like. Yeah, what is your, what do you perceive? Why do you perceive that I do it in the morning? Well, I was told early on by this guy that I was going to see who was a healing touch practitioner, and he was like one of the first. He's a professional groper. Yeah. <laughs> um, right? I was like, weird. <laughs> and we had a difficult relationship, but, but not in that way. But but anyway, he it was great, and it really opened me up and to ideas. But he... He was encouraging me to have a meditation practice first thing in the morning because there's so much information that comes mm. at you that you don't have a say in once you get out of the house or even if you get up and you turn on the TV or you get up and somebody, you look at your phone, there's all this information that comes at you. And Life you, is compelling. And it, you want to be in your, yeah, but you want to be at your best to respond or not respond to those things you're saying me or just the well, person whoever the, the, pers- the, medi- the person the person who's trying to have a meditation practice i mean that's i believe the greatest thing to come from that practice is to find a place in you beyond your condition conditioning that's not reactive that is not reacting the same way it's been reacting your whole life that's hurt you and other people it's like forming new ground from which you live from mm-hmm. and that's not in response to your whole life circumstances. And so I, I know that I kind of know that doing it first thing in the morning is ideal. I have a really hard time. And like, I hate saying stuff like this because it sounds like I have a really hard time making myself burst, but I do (laughs) like, I just do. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, she's been sleeping all night. She hit the dog. Like she has so much energy, like the poor thing. I just want to get her to the fuck out of the house. And yeah, but I've turned those walks into more intentional times. And anytime I'm resistant to them, I, I, everything's really turned into most things have turned into a practice. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this is a place to talk about sex also, since we're kind of in the zone. Yeah. Wait, we were talking so about you just earlier. asked me about the dip, why well, just, just meditation. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, so it's just making it a fucking priority, right. like period. It's just making it a priority. It's like we can complicate it if we want. See, it's like... Because I don't care about myself as much as that you care about yourself or whatever. Like, but it's just making about priority. It's making time for it. Like, I also need eight hours of sleep and you don't. And like, I have a bunch of shame around that, which I've said on this podcast before. But like, I just need eight hours of sleep. And so I get up later and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, it's just making a priority. Right. Okay. Now on to sex. 
what we were talking about earlier today, and I forget what brought it up. Maybe it was, I think we were talking about the plans for the day. <laughs> Is that right? We were talking about, the, and I was talking, and I may, maybe like we were cuddling, and it was a very I sweet. I think you made like a, a joke or something right. about it. Well, I was saying like, like, I said some, well, I think, okay, so what I'd figured is, and because we had had a, uh, a stretch, maybe about a week in between, and and I was saying, I was checking in with myself going like, yeah, and I haven't needed it. And I can't really say that that has been the case throughout our relationship. I've had a lot of insecurity around aging. Um, it's one of the ways that I can feel still or have felt at least it fooled yeah, myself to feel desirable and feel like, you know, I've still got it or whatever. Of course. And, and that seems to be shifting and you had a really great take on that. I mean, I was saying like, yeah, it's amazing to me that I just don't need it as much to feel good about myself. And it just almost hasn't come up. I mean, it's not to say I haven't mentioned in the last week or like, you know, hey, we should or whatever. No, like, I know the you know. difference. And that's yeah. been increasingly happening over time. I think you've expressed your need for it is not as strong. Yeah. But I've also, you know, speaking of sort of PMS and and a lot of the 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 um, the issue with. Uh, women not being equal and sort of being overlooked and being seen as crazy when they're PMSing and, you know, all the different things that we can, that society does to uh, muzzle women, you know. Um, looking at all that, being in this relationship and coming out of my last relationship, I could really see how the collective neurosis has gotten women to a place of uh, doubting themselves constantly. And I think about the difference of experience that uh, a man and a woman can have in the world, just going out in the world. Immediately you step out of the house and you've been objectified by cars passing by. Uh, you have to think about where to jog or where to run sorry jogging it's mm -hmm. not jogging <laughs> <laughs> these days i'm kind of jogging <laughs> okay uh, uh yeah. you know you have to think about that route you have to think about walking down a street at night you have to think about you know being raped and objectified and pregnant and all this stuff and you have to deal with hormonal shifts every month and you know just this is the beginning this is just the top of the list things that i've seen and it's just increased my compassion and I haven't wanted to be one of these people who's you know compulsively just driven to have sex because because that's what you do in a relationship and because like hey when you're in a relationship it kind of buys you into this system of regular uh, intimacy and I've been trying to work with that while simultaneously experiencing myself aging and, you know, really starting to see the beginning signs of, you know, it's not going to go back. <laughs> I'm not going backwards. I'm not going to get any younger. So working with all that, it's, I've had this focus on not wanting to be demanding of you in any way and not wanting to imply or push uh, pressure, uh, you know, just because I have a need, I really see that you know, the difference of the functionality of the, the body, you know, of how men hair trigger can orgasm and women, it's a more nuanced approach Yeah, <laughs> can be at least. And it pr predominantly is. And so all that together while cultivating my own awareness and working with my own insecurities has gotten me now to the point of, like our intimacy, actually, the way the, actually that you pointed out today, our intimacy is sort of 
is the dominating quality of our relationship. And so there isn't like as much need for this physical touch, intimacy, you know, sex. It's just not as, you know, that, that can be a really simple solution to an intimacy issue is like, or at least in the mind is like get people, get yourself naked with your partner and, and get down for a minute so you can touch into that. But much like with all things, without an attention to mindfulness, you may miss it and you're already on to the next thing. You're not even staying with the feeling. Anyway, I guess what I'm trying to say is in our conversation today, I was appraising the last week and the last while and going like, yeah, it's really amazing that like I haven't felt at once like disappointed. And I'm as attracted to you as I've ever been. So it's not, you know, it's not like an issue of uh, I'm rank with Lacey. Yeah. You know, I've got so much Lacey that I don't know what to do with it. You know, it's, yeah. it's, I'm still incredibly attracted to you, you know, and, and it's just, it's nice. It's just nice that you can shift where we think there's this one channel for like true intimacy and that can be shifted and spread out into the rest of your relationship to where sex is, It's uh, to quote uh, Maude Lebowski, it can be a, a natural zesty enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and I guess Ram Das was talking about that in a recent talk and we listened to it this morning on the couch and this was actually... This was an intimate moment in itself because normally Billy doesn't crawl up and cuddle with me. And so she was on, she was curled up on my feet. You were curled up next to me. It's early in the morning. There's a blanket and, and we're listening to this talk and it was a really intimate moment. And I think about yesterday also, Sia Bell mm -hmm. was curled up next to me on my right side and you were on my left side it was early in the morning we started our day like that and well that's what i was gonna say is like our lives we've built these lives where for the most part they're really flooded with intimacy and i think intimacy can be synonymous with like feel that like the feeling we're all chasing after mm -hmm. which is like the feeling of being quote unquote home or the feeling of being at one with all things that just that the thing that you're looking for when you get high you know yeah um and so like our and i think that of course that you know we can get into all psychological reasoning for why sex has gone awry you know, the need for sex has gone awry, um, in the world. Yeah. And, um, I really think most of it is just a hundred percent insecurity. I know that that's why I was seeking it as compulsory as I was, was because there is a deep insecurity of not feeling enough. And then those moments you feel, you feel, uh, desired, you right. feel whole, you feel, you know. Right, and, and, and people, and the other form of insecurity is abuse of power, which you see in other countries where it's an abuse of power. Like, sex is 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 used right. through power, and yeah. but that's, like, because of inadequacy, which we can then boil down to, like, what I was going to say is, like, a lack of intimacy with self. So, like, you and I have talked about before how we really just the number one thing we work on is our relationship with ourselves. Right. And then that manifests into our relationship with everything around us. And with each other. Yeah. 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 Of course, like inevitably. And so, so, you know, Rom talked about being in a space of need, you know, and when you're in a space of need and often people look, to sex unconsciously yeah. to fulfill some sort of psychological need or void. And he said, but when we're in need, everything around us turns into uh, a representation of that need and we devalue 
people mm-hmm. as sexual objects. Yeah. We use them quickly to get the need. The need gets filled, but it's only temporary. And then and it only furthers samsar. dualism. It furthers dualism and 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 keeps you asleep in samsara. Is that the idea? Well, yeah. It just you get you fill the need temporarily. You get that feeling of oneness, and You're then, looking for and then you identify yeah. sex as the thing that gives you the feeling of oneness. Right. So you keep looking for sex when really you just need to identify with the feeling of oneness, and that that's available to you all the time. So the more one gets in touch with oneness and non-dualism and being a part of everything, yes, the less yes, one yes. needs to compulsorily, compulsively. Uh, seek sex or escape or just f- fill in the blank. Yeah, and I'm not absent of that with things in my life. Like I can fall into need. Like certainly, I was telling you with like money. It's like, it's like I need money, and so everything around me can turn it. Like can potentially turn into like, well, I can't rest because I should do a Facebook post that's gonna bring awareness to my page and money. And it's all towards money, and then everything becomes a way to money when right i don't you can think that if i actually. pause i go i'm perfectly fine like i don't really need money right now yeah if i really like in this be moment present yeah you i'm don't. really fully i'm satisfied right right so so yeah i just think that we and i told jamie this morning i said you know maybe you're even having a growing relationship with this not excessive need for sex because especially in the last couple months our relationship is like really deepened in a way that like neither of us expected yeah and well through what what looked like difficulty well and separation yeah in separation it brought us back close you know this is the the fear of moving in a direction that seems like it's going one way can actually be bringing you closer in. Most of the time that's the case. Right. So but we won't fucking surrender. But we won't go that way oh, because it's like, well, that exit says yeah. it's going to that. And it's like, yeah, but that's, you got to, you got to distrust that sometimes moving away brings you in. Sometimes going in brings you out more into the world. Yeah. And I've, I've always had this relationship with sex and I don't know if it's because I'm a woman I don't know if it's because of my own psychological makeup. I don't even care anymore why, but like I've always just, I've just waited to have sex. I haven't had sex with a lot of people. It's something I was always ashamed of. Like on some level, I thought it was cool to be loosey goosey and I just, it wasn't pretty enough or something. But I also know that I like manifested. Um, I just manifested people in my life for like situations where there was like care and like respect around it. And it's something I'm like so proud of and so happy about at this point in my life. Like it's like I knew something all along mm-hmm. and I don't know how I knew it or it was just that my parents teach it, taught me self-love and self-respect on some level. I think they taught me self-respect for mm-hmm. sure. Um, so that's just always like been a big part of my experience is care around who I share my body with. Mm -hmm. Well, that was really great. And I think it's important and I think it's important to explore your body and I think it's important to have pleasure and know about that and know what makes you feel good and experiment with it and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And really helps to, um, it really helps to do that with your best friend. Yeah. And it also helps you to do it with yourself. Right. (laughs) Nice. I mean, really like get to know your body and like, I mean, I've worked with so many women who haven't even had an orgasm or don't know how to ask their partner for, they don't even know where it is or what, how to do it. It's just breaks my heart. Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, 
I I really don't get it. I left him speechless, folks. <laughs> no, I was just <laughs> thinking about. I mean, yeah, it's uh, well, it's porn. I mean, there's like so many right. reasons of like right. why women are just like, yeah. And I'm not a feminist, and I am like not a man man basher. I just you know, there's think, there's yeah. been a discrepancy. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like you're not a feminist, but you're just not holding on to that identity. It's not like you're not for everything that feminism stands for. Of you're course. just not into the separation thing. And both of us are focusing on less, uh, less diagnosis, um, less solidifying identities and more, uh, just to becoming one. You know, and as cheesy as it sounds, it's the same thing that Martin Luther King was talking about back in the day of sort of looking at things as being colorblind and looking at about all uh, forms of life as an expression of the one, you know, and I realize that we have to have a, a reckoning and a atonement for non-recognition of all the separateness in the world and all of the things that make people uh, individualized and unique. And so we're in that, and I really hope that... But the atonement comes through the James Baldwin right um, idea of looking inside of our own hearts. Why do we need... Why did, why do, why did white people need an N-word to begin with? Why did they need... This is the quote... And we can, but we can do that like, with wh- most Why did we things. need slaves? Why did we need an enemy is the, yeah. is a question that we should ask ourselves now on a daily basis is like, am I someone who is seeking someone to move against? And, and it can easily disguise as a, uh, as a, a form of inspiration to move away from something that was not ideal in your life. And then the problem is, is that it, within that conditioning, we start seeking that over and over again is like some other thing to move away from rather than looking at ways at finding where we are similar, you know, but yes, it is up to every individual to look into their heart and to ask themselves, you know, why am I needing this? It's always within no news here. No new, no new news here folks. Yeah. Well, I just want to end with this and, it's been a really great talk, Lace, and thanks for joining yeah. me today. And we were questioning because of our lethargy uh, ahead of ahead of time whether or not we should do this or not. And I'm really glad we did because I think that what you shared today, in my estimation, as a fan of yours and as a friend and also as somebody who was just an observer today, I think that a lot of what you said is going to be really important to some people, well, especially and, women. And you just brought but not up, exclusively. You just brought up a good, um, a good medicine for. I mean, just difficulty in general. But I've been doing this the last couple of days in my premenstrual cycle uh, of con- like I guess you could just say it's contrary action. Mm-hmm. But, like, the other day, I just, like, was so resistant to, like, doing this, like, one thing. And it's usually, like, I want a hermit and I don't want to be around people. Hmm. And I've just been, like, doing the opposite, like, doing this podcast, like, being with people, saying I'm sorry. Like, so that's that's a helpful tool. Yeah, for sure. Well, I had an observation this morning as I was uh, preparing to meditate. I was looking outside our window and we live across the street from uh, three, not one, but three. This is a four-way stop and on our corner is our the building we live in. And on the other three corners are all assisted livings. And I looked out the window today and there was this ambulance and a fire truck, which is common. Um, it happens here daily and sometimes multiple times a day. And I noticed uh, an elderly woman being uh, gurneyed out and uh, firemen around her and getting her into an ambulance. And just then, uh, a couple walked by with their baby in a stroller. And I was struck with, these are two different 
delivery systems for stages of life <laughs> and that the the interesting um, timing of this to see someone being wheeled away to a hospital, most likely trying to hold on to their life while someone else is wheeling around a child uh, who's just arrived. You know, these are uh, the two poles of a, of a life as a human, you know, and, and it touched me into me being somewhere in between both of those and just made me think about the day differently, you know, made me think about this day as being one that could afford me the space to be able to cultivate more of who, who I, I see myself as, you know, which is the more ideal me, which is the more present me, the more consistent me and, you know, which vehicle are you in today? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm hoping I'm in the stroller, <laughs> but with any choice I could be in the ambulance. Much love to you all. Thanks for joining us today. And we'll see you next time. I love the author. Love you.